booster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. Here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. We're more pissed off today than we were when we woke up this morning. A gang-related shooting outside the Long Island home of Congressman Lee Zeldin, the Republican candidate for governor of New York. With weeks to go before the midterms, President Biden is pleading with Americans for patience despite record inflation. Russia's president says Ukraine committed a terrorist attack in its bombing of a bridge, interrupting a key supply route for Moscow in its war on Ukraine. Nick Eris, Anna Sorkin, on home detention facing deportation to Germany, is waging a battle to stay right here in New York City. As many as one million Facebook users may have had personal data stolen. New York Congressman and Republican candidate for governor of New York, Lee Zeldin, says his family was unharmed following a shooting outside of his Long Island home Sunday, some 30 feet away from where his twin daughters were inside doing homework. The twins both heard gunshots and ended up barricading themselves inside of an upstairs bathroom and called 911. Zeldin said in a statement that he does not know the identities of the two people who were found under his porch and in the bushes in front of his Shirley home. Zeldin and his wife were returning home from a Columbus Day parade in the Bronx when the shooting, believed to be gang-related, occurred. I mean, at what point are we supposed to talk about the crime on our own streets? I'm standing in front of crime scene tape in front of my own house. You can't get me more outraged than right now. I mean, it's one thing to spend multiple times over the course of a week where other people are being targeted. But but for us, no, we're more pissed off today than we were when we woke up this morning. Zeldin said police officers were at his home investigating Sunday evening and were looking over the home security cameras. Two people who were shot were taken to local hospitals. President Joe Biden is telling the country to hold on when it comes to the economy. Weeks before the midterms will determine control of Congress in both the House and the Senate. Economic growth has fallen for two straight quarters, raising the specter of recession. But job gains have rolled on, including 263,000 more in September as a sign of economic health. Here's President Biden. The stock market, the last guy's measure of everything. It's about 20% higher than it was when my predecessor was there. It has hit record after record after record on my watch. Nonetheless, the latest jobs report sent stocks plummeting Friday on renewed worries that the Federal Reserve will have to continue aggressive interest rate increases to temper rising consumer prices. Russia's President Vladimir Putin on Sunday called the attack that damaged the huge bridge connecting Russia to its sham annexation area of Crimea a terrorist act masterminded by Ukrainian special services. In retaliation, Russia sent a missile into Kiev, Ukraine's capital. A truck bomb severely damaged a vital supply route for Russian forces due to damage from that bridge. Here's Putin. There is no doubt that this is an act of terrorism aimed at destroying Russia's critically important civilian infrastructure. And this was devised, carried out and ordered by the Ukrainian special services. In Kiev, presidential advisor Mikhail Podolyak called Putin's accusation too cynical even for Russia. The chair of Russia's investigative committee, Alexander Bastrykin, said 
a criminal investigation had been launched into what he called an act of terror. Well, convicted swindler Anna Sorkin spoke to the New York Times about how important it is to her to remain in New York despite risk of deportation to Germany, where she is a native citizen. Sorkin's case became the basis for the series Inventing Anna on Netflix. She was released Friday from U.S. immigration custody to house arrest. Last week, an immigration judge cleared the way for Sorkin, who's now 31 years old, to be released to home confinement while the deportation fight plays out. She's wearing an ankle monitor after posting a $10,000 bond. She spoke to NBC News back in June. It's just my immigration case has been dragging on for such a long time. So I would not want to just throw away all this time that I've been working like towards getting it fixed and just say, oh, no, I'd rather go be on my friend's boat in South of France. She served three years in prison for conning $275,000 from banks, hotels, and rich New Yorkers to finance her luxurious lifestyle. Well, Facebook's owner Meta warned that as many as a million users may have had their login information stolen. Meta's researchers have discovered more than 400 malicious Android and Apple apps that are designed to steal personal Facebook logins. The company said it's reaching out to users who may be at risk. It's not the first time Facebook has had a data breach. Back in 2018, Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg was the subject of a high-profile Senate hearing after it was revealed that the consulting firm Cambridge Analytica had harvested the data of over 50 million Facebook users. Here's Zuckerberg. We didn't take a broad enough view of our responsibility, and that was a big mistake. And it was my mistake, and I'm sorry. The malicious apps are disguised as things like games, photo editors, and lifestyle services. Floridians are grappling with the reality of death and destruction in the aftermath of Hurricane Ian, the strongest and deadliest hurricane to come ashore since the 1930s left more than 100 dead in the Sunshine State. Hurricane victim John Sprecher told 60 Minutes that the destruction was overwhelming. This place looks like it's been bombed out. And, uh, I, you know, I, I remember our kids playing in the sand when they were a couple of years old. And in a strong Cat 4 storm with 155 mile per hour winds, Hardest hit Sanibel Island, Fort Myers, and Cape Coral in Lee County. It was the third deadliest storm to hit the U.S. mainland this century behind Hurricane Katrina, which left about 1,400 people dead, and Hurricane Sandy, which had a total death count of 233 despite weakening to a tropical storm just before making landfall. Well, one month to go now till Election Day, November 8th. Republicans are favored to take over the House in November. Expected control of the U.S. Senate has seesawed back and forth as a multi-million dollar avalanche of things like advertising has blanketed the top battleground states. Flipping control of U.S. Senate seats in Georgia, Nevada, and Pennsylvania are key to control of the U.S. Senate, where political battles are fierce heading to November 8th. Ohio Representative Jim Jordan was on the Laura Ingram show on Quake Media weighing in on the midterms. This election is going to come down to, I, I call it the four plus freedom. Four key issues are going to come down to that have changed dramatically since how good we had it under President Trump and what Joe Biden and the Democrats have done to the country since then. In 21 months, we went from a secure border to no border. We went from stable prices to a 41-year high inflation rate. We went from $2 gas to $5 gas, and we went from safe streets to record crime. Republicans have pounded voters with messages about the lackluster economy, frightening crime, rising inflation, and an 
Unpopular President Biden. Democrats have countered by warning about the stripping away of abortion rights and the specter of Donald J. Trump's allies possibly returning to power. Both parties are tailoring their messages to reach suburban voters, especially women who are seen as the most prized and persuadable bloc. Well, Democrats need leaders who are younger and more reflective of the country. Now, that comment from Representative Alyssa Slotkin, the Democrat from Michigan, she said that Sunday on NBC's Meet the Press. She also admitted there is rightful skepticism about Democrats' $1.9 trillion stimulus spending package. While I think inflation is obviously a worldwide phenomenon, I am open to the fact that we have to make decisions here in the United States. Democrats are in power. We're in the White House, in the House, and the Senate, even if it's slim margins. And President Biden was the oldest person to assume the presidency, is set to become an octogenarian next month. The three top Democrats in the U.S. House of Representatives, Speaker Nancy Pelosi, Majority Leader Steny Hoyer, and Majority Whip Jim Clyburn, each already have hit that milestone. Well, Twitter blocked and then restored a post from Florida's Surgeon General Joe Latipo promoting an analysis claiming a high incidence of cardiac-related deaths among men who have taken the mRNA COVID-19 vaccine. Latipo posted the tweet on Friday. He also recommended men ages 18 to 39 should not receive the mRNA vaccine. Latipo is an outspoken skeptic of COVID-19 vaccinations. He has questioned both the effectiveness and safety of the vaccines. Despite the medical community's opinion, the vaccines help protect against the virus and can lessen severe symptoms. Here's Latipo back in July. How can you force people to take a vaccine in order to stop transmission when that vaccine is not effective at stopping transmission? You don't have to go to medical school to know that doesn't make sense. Twitter restored that post Sunday morning. Latipo has previously recommended that young children should not receive the COVID-19 vaccine. The Florida Department of Health over the summer did not pre-order vaccines for children ages of five and younger, even though those 49 other states did, in fact, order that. On top, Biden administration officials met in person with the Taliban Saturday for the first time since al-Qaeda's leader, Ayman al-Zawahari, was killed by the U.S. in his apartment in Kabul in late July, according to two officials that are familiar with those talks. The administration sent the CIA's deputy director and top State Department official responsible for Afghanistan to the Qatari capital of Dona for those talks, which they have not yet commented on. The Taliban delegation included their head of intelligence, Abdul Haq. Here is Biden following Zuhari's death. No matter how long it takes, no matter where you hide, if you are a threat to our people, the United States will find you and take you out. Officials have not commented on the results of that meeting just yet. Last month, the Biden administration announced it had set up a $3.5 billion Afghan fund with frozen Afghan money to promote economic stability. The funds have yet to be released because U.S. does not believe there is a trusted institution to guarantee the funds will benefit the Afghan people, according to two officials. Instead, it will be administered by an outside body, independent of the Taliban and the country's central bank. 77 WABC News Time 515. Time to head over to Justin Ellick with a look at sports. Well, thank you, Deb. I am Justin Ellick here with early news sports update. Now five weeks into the NFL season and New York football is seemingly back and better than ever. 
with both the Jets and Giants coming away with wins yesterday. The G-Men shocked Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers in London with a 27-22 victory to improve to 4-1 and on the year. Falling behind early, it was the duo of Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley that made the key plays down the stretch for New York and route to the win. It was Barkley out of the Wildcat late in the fourth that put the Giants up for good. Five, the tight end, he was off the ball. My only question was, did he report? Because you can't have a main hours to go on the end of the And Barkley takes it into the end zone for the go-ahead touchdown, and the Giants take the lead. That call courtesy of NFL Network, with the Eagles remaining the NFL's only unbeaten team at 5-0. and The Giants at 4-1 and currently sit in a tie for second place in the NFC East with the Dallas Cowboys. As for the Jets, they grounded and pounded the Miami Dolphins at MetLife to the tune of five rushing touchdowns in their 40-17 to route of the Finns. Dolphins quarterback Teddy Bridgewater was forced out of the game early, and New York took full advantage as they moved to 3-2 and on the year. Good for a tie of second place in the AFC East with Miami. Running back Brees Hall was big on the ground for Gang Green, clocking out with 97 yards and and a touchdown on 18 carries. Head coach Robert Sala had this to say about his young back following the game. Oh, he was, he was awesome. Um, uh, just he, he's an explosive player. You know, when we drafted him, we said we wanted to, we were drafting him because we need a home run hitter on this team, and um, and he did that. He had a couple of home runs today. The Jets get set to face the Packers next week in Green Bay, and the Giants will host the Baltimore Ravens for their Week 6 contest. There is some bad news to get to today, and that comes from the Diamond, as your 101-win New York Mets have been eliminated from the playoffs after the San Diego Padres took two of three from them in Queens over the weekend in the wild card round. Chris Bassett lasted a mere four innings on the bump, and his counterpart Joe Musgrove was lights out, holding New York to just one hit and route to San Diego's series-clinching win. We'll see what comes of the impending off season, but uh, I don't know. 101 wins. The Mets are a pretty good baseball team, so hopefully they don't have to do too much work. As for the Yankees, they get set to host the American League wildcard round. Survivor Cleveland Indians in the ALDS starting tomorrow night. For more sports content, follow 77 WABC Sports on Instagram and Twitter. And here with the early news sports update, I am Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. All right, thanks, Justin. Lou Dobbs has your financial report. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. I'm Lou Dobbs. Stocks under pressure this week. More inflation data this week and retail sales depend on auto sales. Wall Street coming off of three consecutive losing sessions as we begin this trading week. The economy added fewer jobs than Wall Street had expected and the unemployment rate falls to three and a half percent. Economists awaiting Thursday September inflation report for more rate hike cues. Wall Street forecasting inflation to come in at 8.1 percent. Another hot inflation report could push the Federal Reserve to hike interest rates again. September retail data will be released Friday. Retail sales up unexpectedly in August because of a sharp increase in car sales, and everyone's hoping that car sales do it again this month. The Auto Safety Agency closing its investigation into Goodyear Tire. Goodyear denied claims of faulty tires on motorhomes causing accidents. The stock gained 8% last week. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Futures in the red this morning. The Dow down 90 points at 29,263. The S&P's down 16.5. The Nasdaq's drop 66.5. Gold down $18.70 an ounce. Crude oil down 58 cents a barrel at $92.06. It's the WABC Early News. Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. News time 520. Well, the LIRR, the Long Island Railroad, is on track to begin new service. Here's 77 WABC's Bob Brown. 
Westbound service is starting at the UBS Arena in Elmont this week. LIRR officials say service will begin in time for the Islanders' home opener this Thursday, the 13th. Transit officials also say they're hoping to open the station full-time in both directions by the end of 2022. Last year in November, the station opened up for eastbound service for the team's first game at the arena. I'm Bob Brown for the 77 WABC Early Morning News. Working subway cameras helped lead to the arrest of a man just two days after a commuter was stabbed to death in an unprovoked incident inside a Bronx subway station last Thursday. 27-year-old Saquon Lemons of the Bronx arrested Saturday afternoon, and police say he is now charged with murder, manslaughter, and criminal possession of a weapon. The victim here, 38-year-old Charles Moore, had just exited a northbound number 4 train at the 176th Street station when he was stabbed multiple times in his back and chest. Friends and family say that Moore's world revolved around his eight-year-old daughter, Charlie. Moore's cousin, Linda Valenzuela, spoke to ABC7. My cousin is not uh, an argumentative uh, person. He doesn't get in trouble. He doesn't bother anyone. So, yeah, it's very hard to understand why. Moore died at St. Barnabas Hospital of his injuries, becoming the seventh person to be killed in the New York City transit system this year and the second fatal subway victim in one week. Also, a 55-year-old man has died after being stabbed on an MTA bus in the Bronx following a dispute. It happened about 8 p.m. Sunday near 149th Street and Girard Avenue in the Mott Haven section. The man rushed to the hospital where he was later pronounced dead. He's been identified as Lamont Barkley of 1711 Davidson Avenue in the Bronx, according to police. It's unclear what led up to that stabbing on that MTA bus last night. So far, no arrests. Former U.S. Representative Peter King slammed New York Governor Kathy Hochul Sunday for what he called her surrender to liberal lawmakers in Albany, New York, over the state's controversial bail reform measures. King accusing Governor Hochul of not using her bully pulpit to push legislators to undo the notoriously lenient bail reforms. King was on the Cats Roundtable, hosted by 77 WABC owner and operator John Katzmatidis. People, I think, have had enough of this. Uh, when you see crime in New York State is up like 55 percent in the last two or three years, uh, this is this can't be allowed to go on. This, in many ways, is worse than the 70s and 80s. King's rant stems from the state's 2019 bail reform measures, which barred Empire State judges from setting bail on misdemeanors and some felonies. Despite conflicting evidence, law enforcement officials have complained that the changes have handcuffed the criminal justice system, allowing repeat offenders to continue to walk the streets. Osaka, New York City, was vandalized overnight on Saturday, just a day before the start of the Jewish holiday Sukkot. The sukkah was built Friday morning right in front of the Chabad Israel Center at East 92nd Street and 1st Avenue on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. Video footage showed a person urinating on the sukkah before kicking it on Saturday. This happened about 1.20 a.m. in the morning. The incident ended when an unidentified heroic New Yorker intervened and stopped the vandalism. NYPD data shows there were 20 reported anti-Semitic cases last month compared to 18 in September of last year. Rabbi Uriel Vigler spoke to ABC7. He starts urinating in it, and then he goes back, and then he starts kicking it. Why on earth would would you bring um, hatred to, to, to a beautiful holiday? We put up the sukkah for thousands of Jews to observe the holiday. We have to eat and drink in the sukkah for eight days. A sukkah is a temporary greenery-covered hut that Jews eat in during the holiday of Sukkot to commemorate 
God protection while the ancient Israelites traveled in the desert from Egypt. Police are investigating. Well, the 78th annual Columbus Day Parade stepping off along Fifth Avenue in New York City today from 44th Street to 72nd Street. And this year's Grand Marshal is Tom Golisano, founder of Paycheck and also a noted philanthropist. The parade is the world's largest celebration of Columbus Day with tens of thousands of people visiting the city for the Italian-American Heritage Celebration. Here's Marion Pardo, chair of the Columbus Citizens Foundation, which helps plan the parade. I think you'll see some surprises in the parade this year, which demonstrate the multiversity of New York City and the outreach of the Italian-American community on Columbus Day. Everybody's Italian. This year's parade features bands, floats, and over 100 marching groups. 77 WABC has a float in the parade and will broadcast the event live from 12.15 to 1 p.m. this afternoon. New York City Mayor Eric Adams has declared a state of emergency linked to an influx of illegal immigrants who have been bussed from Texas. 77 WABC's Noam Layden has a story. Mayor Adams feels New York is being taken advantage of. There was never any agreement to take on the job of supporting thousands of asylum seekers. At least 17,000 people who illegally crossed the U.S. border into Texas have been sent here, and Mayor Adams says the city is running out of money to take care of them. New York City has already done more than nearly any other city. Texas lawmakers began busing migrants to New York because they were overwhelmed. They say when President Biden's border policy changes, the buses will stop rolling. Noam Layden, WABC News. A Brooklyn father is charged with manslaughter and criminally negligent homicide in the blunt force trauma death of his daughter. The father, 38-year-old Robert Wright, allegedly admitted to cops that he punched his 23-month-old daughter, Anaya, in the back of her head while she slept. The baby was transported from Brookdale Hospital, where she went into cardiac arrest, but was revived and then taken to Cohen Children's Medical Center in Queens, where she eventually died. The New York Post reporting Wright allegedly admitted to hitting the child, who was found to have brain bleeding and bruising on her face and limbs. Well, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is opening up its very first exhibit in Nashville, Tennessee. Jacqueline Carl has a story. You should have had locked out jailbirds in that rock. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's opening its first exhibit at Nashville's Ryman Auditorium. The exhibit's called the Rock Hall at the Ryman and opens November 2nd. It'll feature Elvis Presley's suede coat from the 1970s, a suit that belonged to James Brown, and the outfit late Foo Fighters drummer Taylor Hawkins wore when he helped induct Rush into the hall in 2013. The exhibit's focused on items from inductees who performed at Ryman during their careers. For 77 WABC's Early News, I'm Jacqueline Carl. And if you missed the top five at five and other news, be sure to check it out on our website, wabcradio.com. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Hi, it's Lou Dobbs for Priority Gold, America's precious metals dealer. These are volatile times with high inflation, soaring debt, wars on multiple continents, and rising financial stress. Central banks are buying gold to diversify their reserves, so are many Americans. Call Priority Gold and find out how precious metals can help you diversify your portfolio. They're highly rated and happy to help. Call 1-866-303-6357 or get a free gold guide at PriorityGoldGuide.com. That's Priority. PriorityGoldGuide.com.